taking names and kicking butts. This is Head Kicks and Haymakers. Good morning, fight fans. Uh, this is Head Kicks and uh, Haymakers, our second episode of Head Kicks and Haymakers right here on the Bodkins channel and Let's Talk Sports channel as well. Uh, if you haven't already, make sure you head over to both channels. Hit the old uh, subscribe button. Uh, make sure you're checking out yesterday's UFC 277 preview show. Today, it is our UFC 277 post show. And as always, I am joined by the one and only Mr. Smoking Amigo, Kenneth Miller. Our uh, third trio, uh, the one and uh, Mr. Only Craig with a K, is uh, still celebrating his birthday last night. Uh, so who knows what shenanigans he got into. He went dark about 8 o'clock and we haven't heard from him. So uh, if you're out there, Craig, we miss you and we love you. So, just check in. Just SOS. Just check in. Yes. Let us know what basement you're in or what hotel you might be trapped in, Craig. Uh, but we'll come pick you up if we need to. I don't have money for bail, though. All right, Kenny. I mean, incredible night last night. Uh, I mean, we're just going to go ahead and hop right into it, man. I mean, wow. Uh, we'll start with the, the main event. I mean, there's talks that, you know, on paper that this main event wasn't going to be that great. But, I mean, that was one hell of a fight last night. No, I thought so, too. Um, like I said in group this morning, man, I seen some people uh, complaining a little bit last night saying that that it was boring like Izzy and Cannoneer, but I just didn't see that. You know, there was I felt like both both uh, fighters threw over 200 strikes in the fight. I feel like that's a good volume. There was I mean, I think Amanda attempted 10 takedowns or eight takedowns, something like that. You know, I mean, there's a lot of action. She had 11 minutes of control time. If that, I mean, that's a fight. That's a pretty good five-round fight, I think. So I don't really know what anybody's complaining about. Um, I thought it was kind of back and forth both ways. I feel like Amanda definitely better fighter by me. By all means, she definitely won that decision. Um, Craig was right yesterday. He said he thought that that kind of lit a fire in her, and it definitely did. Uh, but, man, I thought it was a good fight. I don't really think there's anything to complain about with that one. Yeah, I thought it was a really good fight. I mean, Amanda won most i mean was never in any there's sometimes that she was a little bit it looked like uh Pena was going to get her in an arm bar she uh, had some moments i mean Pena had some moments she didn't go down easy but she, amanda definitely won that fight for sure yeah i mean it was a it was i mean that third round was it the third round three knockdowns amanda nunez i mean that was as close as a 10-8 round you're ever going to see yeah. in the ufc especially to not have a bunch of control time you know to be mostly on the feet that's that was pretty close to a 10-8 round I think one judge did have it 10-8. I think it because somebody was was it 50 to 43 or something, I thought. Or yeah, something like that is and that's fair. You know, I mean, I'm not gonna argue with anybody having a 10-8 yeah. round there. You knock somebody down three times in boxing, that fight's over. That's what yeah, I said that last night too, watching. I said if this was boxing, this this fight is over. I mean, she was she knocked down Pena twice. And I mean, is it did Juliana is like is in professional wrestling, Juliana Pena, even though in the loss she got over, I felt like like really showed her toughness uh as they would say she got over in the business of uh professional wrestling which means the fans she probably got more endured by the fans much like a michael chandler did when he fought uh justin gaethje back in november because she took a beating 
and still would not get knocked out. I mean, Amanda Nunez has knocked people out on some of those punches that she was laying on Juliana Pena, and the girl just kept coming at her, coming at her. And credit to Nunez as well for her for never like deteriorating. Now Nunez has come out and said, "Hey, I couldn't put her away, but I was playing with my food." I mean, is Nunez just talking a little game here, or I mean, you you credit to the Pena toughness. I think it's a little bit of both. I do think that there's probably some moments that that if Amanda looks back and watches that film, she thinks, oh, I probably could have went for the kill there. But at the same time, like she didn't because it's a credit to Juliana's toughness because she knows if I go for a kill here and I use a little too much energy or if I leave an arm out there a little too long or whatever, Juliana can put me away. You know, she's shown – I think the biggest thing Juliana showed last night, kind of like you called it uh, as far as getting over with the fans, is it's not a fluke. You know, she won that first fight. People could say, ah, oh, Amanda wasn't focused. Amanda wasn't ready. There's a lot of excuses you can make for why Amanda lost. I think Juliana showed you last night, like, Amanda lost because Juliana's just a better fighter that night. Juliana's still a very good fighter. Um, I do think, kind of like I said yesterday in the pre-show, that there's some fighters that are just built to fight other people. And I think that this is a fight that it could go win-loss, win-loss, win-loss every time just because they match up so well. But Amanda's back. Yeah, Amanda looked. I thought she looked in incredible shape. Her cardio was uh, there last night, unlike um, unlike the uh, previous match. I thought Juliana looked pretty well. She looked in better shape as well. I thought going into going into last night, uh, it's been reported that Juliana had a chunk of her forehead bash out of her bash out of her. She's had to go get surgery. So I mean, what's next here for both fighters? It sounds like obviously Juliana's going to be out for a while. Amanda said last night, "Hey, I'm going to take some time. I haven't been back to Brazil in three years." So, I mean, is it is it the super fight? Is it Valentina versus Nunez next, or are do you think we're running it back here uh, for the third time? Well, I think that if you're going to do Nunez and Valentina, you almost need to do it now. Uh, I know that Nunez wants to take some time off, but at the same time, I mean, when you look back to to Bullet and Santos. She's she's not been exposed, but she's vulnerable, you know, and I think that if she fights Santos again and Santos has two eyes for five rounds, I think Bullet might not have that belt anymore. So if you're going to do that super fight, you need to do it while it's still considered a super fight. How much time is Amanda going to take off is going to be one thing. Uh, she kind of took a lot of time off before the first Juliana fight, you know, and this one was kind of a quick turnaround because of Ultimate Fighter and everything and just the time frame. I do understand, you know, I said it yesterday, even when champs want to go home, by all means, do what you got to do. But if she's going to take too much time off, is Juliana turn around and get in an interim fight with someone? You know, Juliana's kind of called out wanting Chevy back uh, in the 135 division too. So would Chevy come back up knowing Amanda's not there and try to beat Juliana again and get that belt? And then when Amanda comes back, then it's belt on belt for the super fight. You know, that kind of makes sense too. It kind of depends on, on what Chevy wants to do, how fast they want to try to get her turn around at 125. Uh, so there's some options there, but I think Juliana is definitely uh, she's top three there to stay. So you got to give her somebody else that's uh, ranked in the top three or five. And depending on how the title fights go, you got to think, you know, one fight away if she wins in dominating fashion, she could probably get back in there because she definitely lost a dominating decision. But she was definitely in five rounds of that fight, too. So I think you could justify getting her back in there pretty quick, but at most two fights away. So you got to give her somebody. You can't. She's not going to fall a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm kind of with you on there. Uh, I mean, both of them. You know, speaking of Chevy and Amanda, both have now shown vulnerability. Like, uh, you know, six months ago. Well, I guess I mean 
let's just say a year ago at this time, you would have said a man, you know, Amanda Nunez and Chevy, they were probably, you would have said they're the probably the two best women, like make that fight happen. Let's see who the, the, you know, who's going to win here. And I mean, it's in like two of the goats, like fighting at fat, fighting each other. And that's, but now they've both shown some vulnerability. Amanda lost to Juliana Pena and really just kind of showed if you can just get her in a dog fight and just almost dog her out, uh, you know, maybe you can win. And, you know, we saw what Santos did to Chevy. I mean, on the ground and that's, I mean, incredible um, fight. I mean, you're talking to Pena and Chevy here. Pena would have the upper hand on the ground, on the ground for sure. I mean, we saw her and Amanda, Amanda there for her first few rounds, didn't even go to the ground with her until Pena started, was tired and fatigued and then started taking her down and throwing those elbows down uh, on her. And that's what busted her open. I think it'll be a good a good fight. Uh, I think it is. I think you're right. I think it is the time to make the the uh, super the super fight for for Pena. I, I'm looking at somebody like maybe a Holly Holm uh, is not ranked number three. Why not? Right there, two former champions. That I mean, that would be a good uh, you know main event for a fight night right there. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. And I know Holly had some uh, some stuff go down with her last fight. She wasn't really happy about it. So I'm sure that she wants to get back in there as well. Um, I know that she had contemplating. I think she had said, I uh, could be wrong, but I think she had said maybe going back to kickboxing even. Um, I think that might be because of some disputes that she had with Dana or whatever. But it would be interesting to kind of see what she wants to do. Uh, is she going to move around weight classes a little bit? That's going to be interesting too. Uh, you had said that Pena might have the upper hand on the ground with Chevy, but when they fought the first time, Chevy got her an arm bar. So, I mean, maybe she doesn't, maybe she does. Who knows? Like, that's a good fight. I'd love to see Chevy and Pena fight again if we can get that. Yeah, uh, again, I just think, I mean, the toughness, you have to tip your cap to Juliana Pena because, I mean, she lasted five rounds. First, I mean, nobody's lasted like that with and gave Amanda Nunez the troubles and much less beat her once like she did. And then just, I mean, continued to come attack her and continue to take those shots I mean, shot after shot, she was getting knocked down and just kept coming back up or getting back up. But, I mean, wow. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was a good fight. Good, uh, you know, overall, I thought. Uh, it was the only fight on the card that, um, you know, in the pay-per-view, the main event, the uh, main card that went the distance, you know. So, uh, I mean. But it was a good decision fight, man. It wasn't a boring decision fight. Like, anybody that thinks that's crazy. It was a, it was a good decision fight to end that card, I felt like. It, exactly. Put on Esparza and Rose, uh, and then put on that card and tell me which card, which fights bore, which fights boring, because I'll uh, we all know that answer. It's the Esparza right. and Rose. Like no, four hundred punches a, thrown. There was a lot of blood. There was damage. I mean, if that was a guy's fight, nobody would say shit about it. So, yeah, I actually saw uh, a thing that somebody said the best women's fight ever? Question mark. And I, I mean, I wouldn't put it there because I, I, I think Whaley and. Uh, uh, Juana Jacek, the first fight, well, that was probably that was more that was a better overall fight with those two girl with those two women fighting. But that fight last night was just uh, I thought really really good entertaining fight. Like I mean, I like you so said, too. there's different levels when you get a decision win, and that was a decision win by Nunez. But she was had trouble. Pena kept fighting. It was entertaining. That's everything you'd want for in a fight. Like you know. And, and yeah, kudos it was to, when you look at it, it was more exciting. No offense to them, but it was more exciting than Vulcan Max at the end. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, Max wasn't in. There was four rounds of that fight. You knew Max wasn't in. I don't feel like you ever got that with Pena. 
Yeah, and kudos to Pena's uh, corner for telling her, hey, you got to finish. You got to try to finish. And she and knew, Pena's- too. She's a vet. She's not dumb. You know, she knew, hey, I'm down three to one going in here. I've got to probably yeah. win, knock her out or something. I mean, she knew. And kudos to her for continuing to try to fight and get the, you know, and get those uh, submission attempts. I thought there for a minute, I thought she did have her in, I think it was the late fourth or fifth, almost had her in the arm bar. Uh, and just, I mean, Nunez was just able to get out of it. Uh, it was, and then just dropped those elbows. I mean, so that was a heck of a fight. So let's get to this co-main here. Uh, I mean, I had picked Kai Car France, you and, you and uh, Craig were both on Moreno. I mean, I forget. I I love I loved both these fighters, and I took Kai Car France just because he was on the hot streak. But that I mean, uh, Moreno kicked that hot streak right out the way. At first, when I at first glance, I thought it was like a kick to the kick to the Jimmy. But then when you look back on the replay, no, he just kicked right in the liver, and it was a bad kidney liver shot. And down goes Kai Car France. And the interim title here is Moreno. It looks like uh, him and Figgy's kind of squashed their beef. Figgy kind of came in. Kudos to Moreno. Said he wasn't going to talk crap with his daughter. <laughs> with his daughter there, squashed their beef. Are ready to fight. It looks like in December. Uh, for the fourth time, it'll be Moreno and Figgy. That's never happened in the UFC. And I mean. W- Let's just jump in. Like we could let's talk about the fight first and then this Moreno uh Figgy fight four because to me, I've seen three fights. I only can tell you who won one fight, and that was the only fight that was a finish. So go ahead. What do you think? What'd you think about this fight here? Boy, Moreno looked good. Kai Care France looked good too, though. Uh, you know, them first two rounds, it was it was really even. Moreno was getting pieced up. There was a lot of damage. He was bleeding. Uh, you know, Kai looked exactly kind of what we said in the pre-show he was going to look like. He looked like one of those city kickboxing guys that's going to go out there and keep the volume up and make you fight a fight. The thing was, just like Craig said, Moreno was going to turn it into a war, and he did. He turned it into a dog fight. He got right in his face. He stayed in the pocket. He never let him breathe. And eventually, which he threw that liver kick, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight times it seemed like, eventually that thing landed. And I'm just like you. As soon as it happened, I was like, oh, he just heel kicked him straight in the nuts. And I felt pretty bad for Kai Care of France. Then you turn around and seeing that replay, and nah, man, it was just a beautiful liver shot that shut his whole body down. And it was good fight by Moreno. Uh, showed the dog in him. He's definitely he's definitely not scared to, to stay in your face. He never, ever looked like he was intimidated by Kai in the stand-up game, which I kind of thought maybe he would be because Kai's very good on his feet. He just never, never really looked like he was worried. He didn't look quite as comfortable as somebody we're going to talk about in a couple fights. But he looked very comfortable in there the whole time, whether his eye was bleeding or not. Yeah, I thought uh, I, I thought at the third, I thought I had Moreno winning the rounds one and two, uh, and I, I but Kai looked to, at that point in the third was turning it on. I said, "Oh, Kai's going to win this win this round here." And then uh, right before the round ended, that's when that liver kick ended, and the way Kai reacted, that's what made you think he got hit in the groin. Because he pulled like leaned down, like he got hit in the groin and fell down. I was like, oh man, like they didn't stop the they didn't stop the groin fight and they just let Moreno Moreno hit it. But kudos to the kudos to the ref here for seeing that it wasn't a groin kick right to the kidney. I mean, that was like you said, it just shut his whole system down and the fight was over. Uh, I mean, Moreno, you're right. Craig called it is a dog. I mean, absolute dog. And he gets in these dog fights. Uh I do love, I've always loved watching him fight. Uh, I know I picked Kai Car France in this fight, but 
I've always liked Moreno and the way he fights just because it is that old, you know, uh, Hispanic Mexican style fighting. It just, you know, they're going to go out there and just give you everything they got. It's going to be action packed. I'm going to, I just love watching him throw hands and he just has all these feints that, you know, throw you off. And it was such a great, it was, it was a good classic, you know, uh, fight. I mean, so how you feel here about this figgy Moreno for, I mean, they brought Moreno into the cage. They squashed their beef. Kudos to Moreno for uh, our figgy for, you know, giving Moreno his spotlight. Uh, you know, they, they hugged it out and now we're ready to roll for uh figgy Moreno four. Yeah. It's uh, you got to figure once uh, money gets involved, beefs get squashed pretty quick. Right. You know, they, they missed out on one opportunity. They let the interim title fight happen. It seems like everybody's kind of down to let an interim title fight happen now just to make a belt on belt and try to make some money. And so you got to wonder how much was there ever really beef? How much were they just trying to kind of play this game into both of their hands? If they did, hey, kudos to them. It worked. We got a great fight with Moreno and Kai Care France. And now we get to turn around and have the fourth fight with Fig Moreno. Uh, I'm glad. I just – I'm. I love Moreno, man, and I almost hope he doesn't win. Just because if he does, then we're going to see a fifth one. I just, man, if we're going to see the fourth one better be just like the other two that were wars, if we're going to see a fifth one, because it's hard to watch one dude fight one dude five times. Yeah, I mean, it's the thing of it is, is I'll give him this. This is the fourth time. And again, like I just, I stated earlier, like the first fight was real close. The second fight, Moreno uh, choked him out, uh, choked Figgy out. And then the third fight was close uh in Moran figgy won by decision so i mean if it just depends on how the fight happens like if if moreno goes out and beats him then i think it's over even i guess whoever wins this fourth fight right like i mean unless it's just close to the cards like i mean again where it's just real like who did win that fight because that's how i felt like the first fight and the third fight was like man i could watch all those 10 rounds and make a case for almost each and every round for the other uh, other guy so it was a, a coin flip, uh, and I'm excited. It, they, they haven't been in a boring fight, let's be honest. Like, it, it's, I mean, it's action-packed. I mean, they're duking it out. Both of those guys stay in the pocket. They'll throw hands. Uh, Figgy looked to get a little bit more on the ground last time, I felt like. Uh, he was more focused the, the, the second fight, or the third fight, after he had lost the title, I felt like. Uh, so now Moreno seems like he's more focused. They've worked with him. Uh, at his new gym. I'm excited for this uh, fourth fight. I mean, it's it's never happened before in the UFC, but, I mean, it's got to be these two guys. It's got to be these two. Yeah, there's nowhere else you're going to do. I mean, you can go through the whole top five. There's no one else that deserves a title shot. You know, well, I mean, and with belt I mean, on belt, now it has to be a unification fight, so it doesn't matter. But, I mean, that's the fight to make regardless. You know, it's and they've given us great fights already. It'd be different if it's like, as far as the rose, and now we're sitting here like, hey, do they really have to fight again? Like, we can't find nothing else. Like, no, we know we're going to get a great war. It's probably going to go five rounds unless Moreno can get a hold of his neck. And it's going to be a great fight for the fans. It's going to be a great fight for them. Good fight for the UFC. Good money maker. It'll be a good co-main on a pay-per-view. So let's talk about uh, Mr. Kai Car France. What's what's next for him on his uh, on his? Uh, on his list. I mean, is it a guy that I was also on this card and Alexander Pantoja, but I mean, you just not to really jump the gun, but you said a guy doesn't deserve a title shot. I mean, that's a guy that probably deserves a title shot might be Alexander Pantoja. I mean, uh, we'll talk about his fight in a minute, 
but uh, I mean, that is it Kai Car France Pantosia too? Or I mean, do you give Kai Car France somebody lesser? Because I think you know Pantosia will, could sit out and maybe be the backup fighter for that uh, flyweight title. I think those are his two options, right? For Pantosia, I think his two options is either go fight Kai Car France and be the guaranteed number one contender, or you just sit and wait. He's in the kind of the same boat as Yair is at, at 145 almost, where you the fight the ranking that you just beat, you know, because you got to win by your name means that you should be fighting for a belt. So technically, you could hold out if you wanted to, but you might be sitting for a long time. And if you if you're okay with that, then you sit for that long time and you just wait for the belt. And, and Pantoja can sit and wait and let Fig and Moreno figure it out and then go fight the winner. Or he can go fight Kai Kara France again and make a little more money in between. Stay active. Stay because you got to stay in people's faces, man. You can't if you sit and wait for a year, people forget who you are. You know, we kind of said yesterday Pantoja had wins against Kai Kara France and Brandon Moreno, uh, Brandon Moreno. And there's probably casuals that are watching that card saying, Who in the hell is Pantoja? You know, and so when you got wins over two dudes, one of them's going to have a belt, people should know your name. So you got to stay active. Um, but at the same time, you can't really afford to take a loss. So I understand either way he goes, I wouldn't blame him. Um, but I hope that he fights Kai Kara France just because I'd like to see them two get after it again. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Or I'd like to see uh, a guy coming off a, a good, a great comeback, maybe Matt Schnell. I mean, that timeline kind of fits with him and Kai Kara France. That would be a pretty good fight. Uh, kind of, you know, gives Kai a guy that's, uh, Matt Schnell's been around a little bit, but a guy that's, you know, ranked below him, uh, he'll have to fight down, but gives Matt Schnell that step up. And then we get to see if Kai Car France, uh, he'd probably have to win, you know, two more fights or so uh, before he can get back in there as far as like being in that title, title eliminator, title contention. But I, I think that Matt Schnell fight would be a perfect fight, two tough, uh, you know, flyweights going at it there. We saw what Matt Schnell did. Uh, just a couple weeks ago, and that timeline kind of fits. I mean, maybe and we'll we'll just go ahead and we'll we'll talk about the Lewis fight, but we've already talking about Pantoja, so we'll just continue. We'll just move into there. I mean, he came out. I mean, on fire. Just, Bro. I mean, he said he wanted to make a statement. Boy, did he make a statement! I mean, that fight lasted about thirty-five seconds or so. Uh, knocked him down, took the back, and then it was all over after that. Uh, uh, as Pantoja you know, subs, Alex Perez. I mean, the only person I, we just kind of alluded to Pantoja here, maybe sitting out or maybe does he fight Asker, uh, Askarov as the number one, you know, contender. I don't know if they, I don't think they've fought yet uh, since he already has that win over Kai Car France. And I mean, Alex Perez, we hadn't seen him in almost two years. It's, it might be time for him to, you know, put the gloves in the middle of the octagon or fight or take, you know, take lesser fights uh, i think that this fight is almost a lot like uh like uh masvidal and ben Askren, where we don't really know how what the fight was ever going to be because one dude had just had a different mission in mind and i think that perez i don't know if it's necessarily time to leave the gloves in the octagon um i think that he kind of expected there was going to be a minute or so feeling out process and he'd be able to shake a little bit of ring rest off throw some jabs kind of get his distance and see some timing. And Pantoja said there will be no knocking off of the rest in here. He chased him down and he threw shots until he could get his back. And he never slowed down. He never quit moving forward. And that's why that fight was over so quick. I mean, DC said even in the fight, uh, once he got that body triangle on standing up, 
He said, the thing about these little guys said that he can sit up there for a long, long time. And he sat up there for, I mean, not very long, but as long as he needed to. And, you know, they said, you know, his arm wasn't even completely underneath the, the chin on that rear naked choke. But he was just no, squeezing. It was just the squeezing of the chin. He was yeah. squeezing in so many places that, I mean, Perez just had no choice. This is over. This is not what I thought it was going to be, my friends. I am out of here. And that's yeah, kind of how that went. Like you said, there was no feeling out there. I says, Pantoja said, I, I'd have trained. I'm not waiting three rounds. I'm going to wait. We're getting out of here in about 30 seconds, whether I'm getting paid regardless, man. I I mean, he just came out of the gate like full, like a bull uh, seeing red and was like, oh, I need to make a statement to show these guys that I'm for real. Everybody talking about Kai Car France and Biggie and Moreno. Hey, let me enter my let me enter my name into this title picture. I'm about to show you all something. No, it was very impressive, man. Very impressive. When I picked him yesterday, it was my lock of the week. I didn't think it was going to be like that even. You know, I figured he'd be win, but I thought, honestly, it'd go to probably the third round. I figured it'd probably go to decision. I didn't even think anybody would get a finish. So that was that was a wild deal, man. But very, very impressive from Pantoja, man. Yeah, and as far as uh, Mr. Perez, Alex Perez, I, I mean, it's probably not time to hang it up, but I think it is time to maybe fight. Uh, you know, you got to fight him. He's gonna. He's ranked number six, so he, he's probably gonna have to fight down in his next fight. You're looking at maybe like a Tim Elliott, uh, even like a, a the Samajar Samajarji or however you say his name there. Uh, you know, somebody like that, somebody that's fighting in you know that ten, bottom ten, middle and around that fight because, and then you know maybe he gets on a roll after that if they're fighting some lesser competition. But you don't get better at some by doing something uh by not doing it and he just hasn't been there he you know almost it was a year over a year and a half layoff here almost two years uh since he was in there you know speaking of that it's i love joe rogan but i just i, I don't know if it was just me but i was catching up on joe rogan like just listening to him for some reason it's like he hasn't been watching the product like other than when he's there because he's asking a lot of questions or maybe he was just teeing up for the guys to fill in the the casual fans that might be fighting but he was like how come this hasn't this guy hasn't been fighting or how come this has i mean were you catching any of that or is just like was that joe um just asking questions or do you think joe rogan's just in joe rogan world uh, i think the the joe rogan lives in the bubble of joe rogan and that's just <laughs> how it is and wherever he's at is wherever he's at and when he's not commentating ufc he's hunting or doing his podcast he's been on a comedy tour I'm sure he has no idea some of these guys, especially on a card like last night where there was enough guys that not necessarily you didn't know their name, but they're not monster names in the sport that I'm not going to call Joe Rogan a casual by no means. But I mean, there probably are some times that he gets busy in his life and his ability to keep up becomes at the casual rate. You know, I'll say that. So I do think some of those questions were genuine. I think some of them he was just trying to tease some guys up and keep the combo going because when there's 30 minutes in between fights, you got to do something. But some of the questions, the way he was asking him, it was like Ron Burgundy on the teleprompter. Like he was genuine and he wasn't really sure. That's how I felt too. Yeah, I wanted to get that out there because he he asked why Alex Perez hadn't been fighting, and I felt like it was a genuine like I don't know why he hasn't been fighting question. I was like, oh, Joe Joe's. <laughs> I mean, I get it. You're right. Kenny's a billionaire or millionaire, so I mean, he's got a thousand things going on. And the UFC commentary, I think, is uh, much like us for head cakes and haymakers just on a bigger scale. He's just doing it as a hobby because he loves the loves doing it uh, and gets those front row seats. So uh, count me in for, uh, I'll take Joe Rogan's life for a thousand. You know? <laughs> yeah. If they're, if they're taking tickets for that, I'll buy that instead of the Powerball ticket. <laughs> 
All right, so we did skip over a fight. Uh, Derek Lewis, I thought it was an early stoppage. Uh, gets, I mean, knocked out by uh, what was his name? I, I skipped over. Got it. In my Pavlovich, mind. Sergey Pavlovich. Sergey, thanks, thanks for the assist there, Sergey Pavlovich. Uh, I mean, is the Chingon here for for Derek Lewis? He's been knocked out now three of his last four fights. Uh, I mean. He looked in good shape, I thought, last night. I did again, I thought it was a little early stoppage for stoppage. Uh got knocked down. He hopped right back up as soon as as soon as the fight was stopped and protested. Uh, but I mean, a lot of those swings were misses. Like, I mean, he I felt like he was dipping and dodging there, but I mean what he wasn't he- dipping and dodging nothing. They were he missed some. <laughs> Derek Lewis was not moving. Um I will agree to the extent of, like, I do think it was a little early of a stoppage to the extent of, I've seen a lot of fights in and out of the octagon and I've never seen a dude who was knocked out, stand straight up and put his arms in the air and say, bro, what are you doing? So I will say that, but at the same time, there's 260 pound men in there that are throwing sledgehammers at each other as a referee. I'm not going to let this guy die because he wants to go out on a shield. That's not my job. That's his job. If you want to die that bad, go in the parking lot and fight this dude again. But when a dude, and I said it in group, in a fight, especially heavyweights, if you're, both your knees are on the ground and both your hands are on the ground, you're knocked out. Now, you might still be have your eyes open and you might still be awake. But in the eyes of a ref, you have to look at that with both knees and both hands flat on the ground and you're face down and a dude is throwing hands at you. You got to look at that as I have to look out for his safety. Now, it did happen all very, very quickly. So I can understand why Derek Lewis thinks it was early. Um, And like I said, I do agree that it was a touch early. But I also think that all they did was stop him from getting beat on for another 15 seconds before he was out all the way. Because he was still wobbly. You know, he's wobbly after that first hook that Pavlovich gave him. And then he got that uppercut hook combo that dropped into his knees. He was wobbly still. If he was able to stand up right there, he's probably going to catch another one that put him down again. Um, it's just kind of the spot he was in right there. Pavlovich wasn't going to stop swinging because he thought he had a chance for early stoppage. You know how them heavyweights are. If I can get out of here early, I'm going to do it. Uh, so I think it was going to be over either way. It was probably 15, 20 seconds early of a stoppage. But that fight was definitely over. You can't be in that spot. And I think when Derek Lewis watches it, he'll, okay, I can't let myself get to that point. So is the is the chin gone for Lewis? I mean, like I said, he's been knocked out three of his last four. He reminds me of like, uh, and this is his career arc's been very similar of a Roy Nelson, right? Like, I mean, yeah, I think I, he's been in a some bigger fights than Roy. I think he kind of worked his way into a bigger uh, name than Roy. I think you know Roy's fat guy with the mullet kind of had a, a a persona that he was able to carry. Where where Derek Lewis just like, hey, I'm gonna knock people out and be good on the mic. Uh, so I think Derek Lewis maybe elevated a little more than that. It's hard to say the chin's gone with these heavyweights, man. Just because so many of them throw such heavy shots, like no one can take them. So is your chin really gone? Or is it just this is one of the strongest dudes on the planet throwing haymakers at you? Well, um, I'm- But it's definitely in question. You know, it's two straight early, early stoppages. It's definitely in question now. Uh, he's not invincible. That's for sure. I mean, it's, it's three of his last four he's been knocked out, really. And the before... Before but he was definitely record. still awake in the gone one. That yeah, was just yeah. that, that yeah. was a flurry. He definitely didn't get knocked out. That was just a stoppage because of the flurry. Uh, these last two, his eyes was rolling a little bit. You know, against but, Ty, he was all the way out, and against yeah. Sergey, he would have been. He would have been. You know that the couple, the hook uppercut combo from from Sergey last night. 
his eyes rolled. And that's not, I mean, that's no matter what, that puts your chin in question. I think, uh, you know, with Derek, it just seems like it used to be you take, you can out wrestle him. If you get to him, you can take him down, out wrestle him, and you, you're probably going to win. But it, I mean, he could always catch you. But now these guys are willing to stand and bang with him. And he's not put, he hasn't put, isn't putting them guys out and he's getting put out. So it's, I think we've seen the, the best of Derek Lewis. Uh, he changed camps, changed camps for this last fight. And I, like we kind of mentioned yesterday, I mean, sometimes it works. I mean, we just saw Nunez and we saw, uh, we, we saw Moreno switch camps and it worked for them. But sometimes when you switch camps, it doesn't work and you're searching for something that's not there. You just losing it. And that could be here for Derek Lewis. Uh, so what's kind of next for both of these guys, Derek Lewis and uh, Sergey here going forward? Well, uh, Sergey is definitely on the way up. Um, I mean, I think you can look and you can give him a top seven guy. Uh, there's some fights up there. Got to work their way, settle themselves first, I guess the best way to put it. Um you got to wait and see kind of how high they jump him up the rankings after this win first. Uh, do they credit this win more to Pavlovich on the way up or do they credit this win more to Lewis being on the way down? Um, it'll be interesting to see how that goes because that'll kind of de determine his next fight. I can see a Volkov being a good fight for him, but there's a chance with this win he might jump Volkov in the rankings. So I don't know if he would want that fight if, uh, if he's Pavlovich. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of how that works out. Uh, but I think you got to give Pavlovich a top seven dude. And, uh, and give him a chance to go show it. Maybe you put him against an Aspinall coming off that loss when he gets healthy, depending on how long he's going to be out. Um, I don't know if Dana wants to throw two up-and-comers in against each other. I know he likes to kind of retire the old dudes with the up-and-comers and let the up-and-comers stay going. Um, but we've got to wait and see how the rankings shake out first. I think Lewis is kind of – Lewis is in a much rougher spot uh, coming off three losses like that. Um, especially the two knockouts. So I think he's going to end up falling probably to that 10 range, kind of like the way Connor fell after the second loss to Poirier. He fell about five or six spots. I think he's going to kind of do the same, end up in that 10 or 11 range. Uh, maybe he fights a Marcin Tabor or something um, that's down there. There's some fights down there to be had. Um, but it's kind of going to be determined by what Lewis wants to do too. I mean, does he just want to keep fighting? Is he okay being the first fight on pay-per-view or the featured prelim? Um, just could go out there and put on a show and try to make some money. I do think he'll do that because he's definitely all about getting paid. Um, but there's going to be a lot of looking in the mirror for him, I think, to kind of just see what he wants the next step of his career to be before he knows what that next fight is. Yeah, I think uh, for Pavlovich, a guy that I like is uh, Jarzino. I think uh, Rosie would be a perfect fight for him. Another guy that likes to stand and bang. Uh, why not? Why not give him another banger? Uh, Biggie boy's got a lot to prove too. It seems like he's like win one, lost one, win, lost one, win, lost one. So that'd be a perfect kind of nice step up. I mean, even if you want to do Derek Lewis and, and Biggie boy, uh, I would be okay with that. I mean, but I, as far as Derek Lewis, I look at somebody maybe like Augusto Sakai or somebody like that, like let Derek Lewis get back into the, um, you know, win column here. I mean, I, th I thought they were kind of teeing him up here, but shoot, I, I mean, it just seems like Derek Lewis's best days. I hate to say it because I love the guy. I, I, he's been a you know great on the mic. He's funny. He doesn't take anything too serious. Uh, but it, he might be one of them uh, older uh, vets that are just now fighting because of the, who they used to be and for money. Which he always said, "Hey, I'll take the money." So, 
Yeah, well, I mean, with these heavyweights, it's um, it's a rough spot because, like we kind of said already, everybody's throwing bombs. And as long as you got that chin, you're okay. But we've seen with a lot of guys, you know, I said yesterday, is, is Derek Lewis going to have Chuck Liddell syndrome now? You know, where it happens once, then it just happens every time. And it kind of seems like, well, your chin's definitely soft now. You know, you kind of said, is his chin in question? And I think you could say it is. So it's going to be interesting just to kind of see. I mean, you'd kind of said, you know, Lewis changing camps and stuff. I don't really know if his, if his downfalls is really a camp situation. You know what I mean? When you really think about it, like, there's things that Derek Lewis does. He stands in front of you and he throws bombs till he catches you. That's, yep. You're not going to go to camp and do anything different with that. That's just, that is what it is. You know, you're a brawler and that's who you are and that's who you're going to be. Exactly. I mean, uh, we got a comment here from Landez. It says Lewis should stop fighting in Texas. Maybe that's it. I, I mean, said it yesterday. His three of his last four, all three of those fights that he's lost have all been in Texas. So uh, Derek Lewis is the only person that wants to fight in the apex. Yeah, <laughs> no, hey, I said it yesterday, man. Like, and we brought it up even last week with Patty. Bro, it's hard to lose in front of the home fans. It's yeah. hard to lose in front of the home fans, and now he's doing it a lot. Yeah, I think uh, maybe. And they love putting him on the card because he is the big Texas guy, but maybe if I'm Derek Lewis, I mean, I know he, he said he doesn't care. You know, it is what it is, but shoot, maybe it's just a bad bad string here in Texas fights. Get him out of Texas. Get him uh, – get, he's getting too comfortable there. Uh, so let's get to our the last fight, uh, the last fight, the opening card. Uh, I mean, Ankaleev, I mean, broke Anthony Smith, broke his leg in the first round, continues in the second round, gets comp was compromised. Ankaleev, uh, puts him away. Uh, nice win. Ankaleev now nine and oh in his uh, last nine fights. Uh, Anthony Smith, uh, the veteran, uh, he seems like he'll be out now for a while, had to be not really stretched off, but kind of, you know, helped out, uh, due to the broken leg. It uh, looks like uh, Ankaleev, I mean, that was kind of a, a title eliminator fight here. So Ankaleev is now bursting into the title scene, already uh, an already crowded scene here. Uh, so who who's next for uh, Ankaleev here? I don't think that it was quite a title eliminator. Um, I don't think that this was a winner gets a title shot type fight, but it was definitely a the winner. Their very next fight is the title eliminator fight. Um, so I think when you look at, uh, you got to figure out what year he's going to do. Um, I know he's trying to say he wants to run it back with Glover. Jan's trying to say, uh, no, that's not going to happen. This is my fight. Um, I do think that it's Jan's fight. I understand Yuri wanting to fight Glover again, because if I could fight a 43-year-old man again, I would too. Um, so I get it, but we got to kind of see how that goes first. Um, if it is going to be Yuri and Glover, then I think you put Ink Live and Jan. Uh, let them go out there and, hey, winner's fighting for the belt no matter what next time. Um, but if it is going to be Yuri and Jan, then I think you throw Inklev and Glover, uh, Glover and say, hey, one of you two's fighting for the belt next time. I know Glover's only got a couple left, so he's trying to get that title fight back in there. Um, but you can't necessarily just throw him back in there if you're not going to do it right now. And that's kind of like I always say, I wish Dana would just tell us what's going on sometimes because uh, it's really hard to know what, what Inkalaya's next move is without knowing what Yuri's next move is, because that's, like you said, Ankalaev's right in that title mix. So whatever's happening with the belt is going to determine his next move. Because realistically, if it wasn't for that Yuri and Glover fight, and with Jan already being there, Ankalaev earned a title shot. you got to think you out there and knock out Anthony Smith. Now, injury, but that was injury due to Ankalaev checking leg kicks. That was injury due to Ankalaev fighting a very good fight on his feet. 
Um, so it was definitely an injury, but it was injury that was caused by Ink Live, not necessarily just a freak thing that happened. Um, so he's definitely right there in that title mix, man. Which is, I wish we knew what was going on with Yuri because he's got to be fighting somebody in the top three. No matter what, he's, his next fight has to be. If you win this, you're fighting for the strap. So here's the, I mean, you just said it. Ankalaev kind of, I mean, he kind of won due to, uh, you know, Anthony Smith getting the injury, but Jan Bohovich won and due to injury too. And then he's claiming for a title shot too. So I'd rather, and if you're just calling out, letting saying, Hey, Glover, let's go do this. Like, I want to show you who the best is. Uh, you know, I, I was at my worst when we went five rounds and that was, you know, a, potential i think fight of the year right now uh between glover and yan especially because of the comeback that comeback because of what it was and yuri might have been losing that fight and then he comes back and gets that submission that definitely fight of the year candidate so let's do glover and yuri too for let glover get the rematch and then i'll take i'll take the two guys who won but somewhat you know not really fluky but just you know circumstances let them match up for the number one contender and Jan Bohovic and uh, Ankalaev let them fight for the number one title. And then, you know, that kind of clears it out. But we do have it, – it is – it's not muddy, muddy waters, but it's a little murky here in the light heavyweight at that top uh, at that top spot there because, you know, we just don't know uh, what's happening. I mean, you're talking about Dana not telling us. Well, Dana's too busy beefing with, uh, you know, the Paul brothers and talking smack about how they canceled their boxing fight instead of, you know, giving us good information on, hey, I think we're going to go, we're headed to this. You know, it's going to be Ankalea versus, you know, this guy probably. It's going to be this, you know, we're going to give Glover the rematch. Like, he's too busy, you know, uh, beefing and pissing on the, uh, the Paul brothers instead of, uh, you know, making matches for us. Yeah, this is what happens, isn't it, whenever uh, you have rematches up with title fights, is the division gets held up a little bit. Because you got a bunch of guys, you know, this is almost like the year, the Yair and Emmett situation, where neither of those guys can really afford to take the loss, but neither of those guys really earn the title shot either. You know, and the only thing that makes sense is for them to fight each other. That's kind of like Jan and, and Ankalaev right now. Like, neither of you, yeah, you guys are both coming off wins, but they're fluky, kind of like you said. So, <clears throat> did you, you can't really sit there and demand a title shot. You know, it makes sense if Dana calls you and say, hey, both you guys that won on injury are going to fight each other for a shot at the belt. I get why both those guys would be reluctant because you can't afford to take that loss. But they also have to understand it from the business side why you can't just walk in and fight for the belt because some dude got hurt. Yeah, I'll say Ankalev had a little bit more like he has a little bit more leg to stand on because, I mean, he, he did, caused it. Yeah, he caused it and did finish him. I mean, I mean, Anthony Smith went back out in the in the second round. So, I mean what a tough SOB he is uh, to come out uh, after, you know, breaking his leg and then in the first round and then fighting in the second round. So, I mean, incredible uh, toughness by to show. There's Connor all over again, right? Connor and Poirier, whenever they fought, Connor broke his ankle, broke his leg in the first round, come back out and in the beginning of the first round and it didn't break until the very end when he stepped on. It's kind of the same deal. As soon as Anthony Smith hit the ground, he looked at, he pointed at it and said, Hey, my legs broke. Yeah, I mean, he he knew going into the corner that I got to try to take him. That's why he went for that shot so early, and it was a sloppy shot because he didn't have no legs because broke his leg. But he knew I got to try to get this thing to the ground and get it over. And when he didn't get that shot, he kind of knew like, hey, this is the beginning of the end because he, he wasn't moving a lot because he didn't have any drive. He eventually, Ink Live just kind of flipped him over and put him out. But but man, what a tough guy! I mean, what a tough guy, Anthony Smith. 
Yeah, I mean, you, uh, one of us, crack our, you know, break a leg. We're uh, headed to the hospital immediately. We're not going out and saying, you know what? I can uh, maybe take this guy down and win this fight here uh, against, you know, the number, you know, whatever, th- four ranked light heavyweight in the world. Uh, no, no, I'm probably just going to go to the hospital. Hey, you guys, my leg is broken. Um, I'm just going to just, well, we're good here. We're going to go home. Uh, so, I mean, kudos to Anthony, Anthony, uh, Anthony Smith there. So Kitty, I mean, what do you, what do you grade this card here? Because I thought, you know, like we talked a little yesterday on paper, it may not have been, uh, the best card, but I mean, I'll be damned if this card didn't deliver. Oh yeah. We kind of said yesterday after the show, man, as much as we, we kind of shit on this card on paper, it's sneaky, got some potential and I'll be damned if it did not live up to every bit of it. Um, outside of, we got another injury stoppage in the first fight, but we did get a good round out of it. Um, we did get a decent, a good finish out of it. You know, as, uh, I think Curtis Blades said last week, if there ain't no highlight, is it a real fight? Well, there's some highlights in this one, uh, for the opener. So yeah, it was an injury stoppage, but it was still a decent opener. Um, and you, I mean, you have four straight finishes and then a great decision fight. I mean, if you don't grade that a B plus at least, I mean, I'm not sure if you're the same fight fan I am like that. I thought that was a great card. I thought Pantoja. Very impressive. And puts himself directly in the title mix. Ankalaya, very impressive. Puts himself directly in the title mix. Pavlovich, very impressive. Puts himself in that top seven mix. If you get three guys that open a card and put themselves up in that, if you're top seven, that's a title mix too. You're one fight away from being in a title eliminator if you're in that top seven. So if you can get three guys to get in a title mix before you ever have a title fight, it's a pretty good card, boys. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I kind of give it actually an A minus, almost an A, but just due to my expectations were so low on this card, uh, and it far exceeded my expectations. Uh, so I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna go ahead and give it a solid A uh, because of what the card delivered, and maybe that's possible because the last two uh, fights that fight cards that we've seen where we didn't even get a good main event because due to injury. So I thought it delivered, and then some. Uh, so I'm going to give it a solid, you know, A minus A here just due to it far exceeded my expectations. Uh, the four finishes. I mean, I got to bed at a decent time. I didn't have to stay up till one o'clock in the morning. So uh, kudos to all the fighters for letting me get in some sleep here uh, due to uh, the quickness of the fights. I mean, every fight up until the main event, we didn't even get out of the third round. So uh, on that main card, I mean, it was incredible night of fights. Uh, before we get out of here, can you got any last uh, thoughts or words? Uh, no, I know Craig's not here, but uh, about to be going back to him after last night. He'll be staying with the champ. Um, I know he's not here to cut a promo on me or anything, but you can't cut a promo when you're keeping the belt. You ain't taking it from nobody, Craig. But uh, kudos to him. I know it was a tie, but title's going to stay with the champ. Uh, besides that, man, good first weekend for H&H, man. It was good to, good to be on here and good to get it going. Yeah, I almost forgot. Thanks for uh, thanks for reminding me. The belt is staying with Craig. It was a tie between Kenny and Craig uh, in our pickums. And uh, shout out to Kelly Weigel. Kelly Weigel winning the ESPN picks. Uh, he beat us all. Uh, I'm gonna pull up Kelly's record. I mean, it was pretty astounding. I think in the main main card, he only lost one fight. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. So Kelly all together went nine and four on the card. Uh, I mean, blew past me. I went, I, I barely made 500, but, uh, on the, uh, main card, Kelly's only loss was the Pantoja fight. So, I mean, 
four and one on the main card. Uh, give it up for Kelly Weigel uh, winning this week's uh, pick them on the ESPN. Well, I'll do it again next next week, folks. Uh, we'll share that out. Uh, we'll be back here next Sunday at 8 a.m. or 7, 7 a.m. Central Time Zone. Uh, next Sunday is our weekly uh, hay, head kicks and haymakers. Make sure you check out Let's Talk Sports. I was on there yesterday. Uh, check that out. Make sure you guys are subscribing to the Bodkins channel, the uh, Let's Talk Sports channel as well. Uh, I'll be back on the Bodkins show this evening. Uh, we'll have a special guest on to, tonight coming all the way from Baltimore, Maryland. Host. Uh, hold on. I wrote it down. If you look at the bottom of the screen, it's going to come across by the time I announce his, uh announce it cordell cordell i'm probably going to butcher his name here woodland i'm not going to butcher his name but uh he is host of a radio show of shaking it up sports out of baltimore we're going to be talking all things baltimore with the ravens and uh the orioles and more um i'm excited to talk to him we'll be coming at you at that time about 7 p.m central time zone uh tonight so tune into the bodkin show this evening uh, catch up on all things Baltimore. I'm excited to talk about with Cordell about this uh, Lamar Jackson contract situation and get a good read on how Ravens fans are feeling about Lamar. So join us then. We'll catch you here next Sunday at 7 a.m. Central. Uh, Kenny will be back with me. Craig will be back. I'll be back. Head Kicks and Haymakers will be back. Again, we'll do the ESPN Pick'em for the fight night. Uh, we'll try, we'll promote that on all our social medias as well. We'll give you a shout out who joins, uh, who joins, but shout out to Kelly Weigel, uh, taking it home this week and Craig, uh, retaining the belt. The belt will be back on the line for UFC 278. Uh, we'll do a pre and post show for that as well, but every week you can catch us right here. Uh, head kicks and haymakers. You guys have a good rest of the day. Me and Kenny, we're out of here. See ya. If I can click the improv. <laughs>